Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. to the show everybody listening to the confessionals podcast i'm your host tony merkel thanks for being here if you have a crazy wild experience you want to share with me on the show go ahead and shoot me an email my email address is contact at the confessionals podcast.com that's contact at the confessionals podcast.com or go to the website the confessionals podcast.com hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well either way works for me just get a hold of me if you want more shows on a weekly basis just go to the confessionals podcast.com hit the join button and become a member there you will get access to the thursday shows which are all the member shows you get the tuesday shows all the public shows ad free and you get access to the overtime segments when they're available right there on the website and on the newly minted The Confessionals Appy. So if you're interested in the extra content, the extra good good, you can go ahead and check that out at theconfessionalspodcast.com slash join. I just want to remind you guys that we did drop The Shape of Shadows, which is our new documentary, and you can go ahead and get that on-demand action right now at Merkle.media. If you want to watch that film, it's available for streaming on-demand only on Merkle.media. So if you haven't seen it yet, go ahead, check it out. Merkle.media, The Shape of Shadows. And while you're there, if you haven't seen Expedition Dogman, go check that thing out as well. But after you check out the latest, The Shape of Shadows. All right, friends, listen, this week we have Pastor Mike Signorelli on the show. Listen, this is a guy that I just absolutely love. He deals with demonic deliverance. He deals with miraculous healings. He's very open about it, and he talks about it very eloquently. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation, because I certainly did. Let's get to Pastor Mike right now. All right, today we have Pastor Mike Signorelli on the show. Pastor Mike, how are you? Hey guys, I'm here in New York City, the belly of the beast. Tons of great things to talk about. I'm excited. 
Listen, I just got to let you know it to the audience as well. Uh, I have been following you on YouTube and I, you were one of those people that just hopped in the feed on YouTube. I didn't know who you were. And then I crossed paths with you at a conference uh, a couple months ago and I just pa- literally passed you. And I was like, I recognize that guy from somewhere. And I look at my YouTube, I'm like, oh, that, that's the guy. And uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you, algorithm. Yeah. But I mean, you really cover a lot of stuff that hits home for me uh, as somebody who is deeply ingrained in the paranormal community. I talk to people about their experiences. They're they're coming from all walks of life. Uh, and, you know, I built my platform over the years where, you know, me being an outward Christian, uh, but holding conversation with anybody and everybody on my platform, doesn't matter who you are. Um, I like being able to revert back in my own personal time to people who I feel like kind of get me where I'm coming from when it comes to the paranormal angle and stuff, because there's a lot of people in the church that just want to deny the supernatural even exists. And, uh, you know, you were one of those people that YouTube actually, of all people, all companies, YouTube actually pushed you to me. And I was like, this is actually a perfect fit. So yeah, (laughs) I I really do appreciate it. Before we kind of get deep into any kind of conversations, because I can kind of go off on weird side paths. I want to do what I want to do is hit on the movie that's coming out because it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I saw the people that are in the movie, uh, and one of my longtime favorites, Driscoll, is in there, and I just think that's so cool that that you guys work together and that you've done things. I saw the interview you guys did together before, uh, but let people know about the movie, the Domino Revival. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I think it's a great way to launch this conversation. Oh yeah, if you're listening to the podcast and you love the paranormal, the supernatural, you know that the other side, and you have a a rabid curiosity. You've got to see this film. So what I did was cashed out my retirement, did a self-funded tour across America, praying for people in parks, praying for people in churches of all sizes and catching medically verifiable miracles as they happen. This is There are no paid actors or actresses. This is a movie that shows real footage that we captured. And as a matter of fact, I've got friends. You, met, you mentioned Mark Driscoll, a great friend of mine, um, but I have other friends that also have traveled all across the U.S. praying for people and seeing people come out of wheelchairs. What's different, though, about this generation than the previous is we have a high value for verification. Like We want to know, how do you prove it's real? And so that's also another part of this film is following up with people. It's like, you know, we've all seen the dramatic footage of somebody coming out of a wheelchair, but then what happens to that person a year later you know, we all, we've also heard about medically verifiable miracles, but have we actually ever been presented the medical verification? So I also show that in the film as well. And that's, I think, what kind of makes this different. The other thing is, you know, we show demons being cast out of people and we're going to let you as the audience draw your own conclusions. Like, what do you believe? Is it real? Is it not? It's a conversation starter. Here's the thing too, like many of you, may not ever go to a church, but you'll go to a movie theater auditorium. And that's what really what this experience is about. And just so you know, I, I, I've always been a huge fan of the paranormal. I've, I've had that curiosity, but there was a time in my early 20s where I identified as an atheist because I was like, I need proof, I need proof, I need proof. And so I think the atheistic part of me from my past sort of directed this film, if that makes any sense. And I tried to, I tried to put myself in your seat to say like, man, what if I don't trust these people? What if I don't believe what I see? And I tried to, you know, really from that perspective, make the film. And I'll just put it like this. We had the red carpet event two nights ago and people were bawling their eyes out. People were screaming. People were laughing. 
the response was insane. And so if that was any indicator of what's going to happen in America, you've got to get to a theater and see it. It's October 24th. Theaters are already selling out. So if you go to fathomevents.com and type in Domino Revival, you can search. It's probably showing in your town. Uh, it's all across America right now. So I, I, I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. You should absolutely be excited. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm going to be getting myself some tickets myself to go here in Knoxville. Uh, and, and what I didn't know is that you did the follow-up and the verifiable parts of this because that that is something that you know, even in me, like my heart is just like, man, that's amazing. But is it real? Or is this somebody who is wearing an earpiece and somebody's feeding lines, right? <laughs> I actually have an earpiece right now. I don't know if <laughs> the viewers can see. This is not feeding me prophetic information. It's, <laughs> I'm hearing your voice. I'm keeping some clean audio. Yeah. For for, yeah. So, I mean, I just, uh, I think that's really cool because, uh, you know, I, as a kid growing up, and I've told the audience this, but I'll tell you, uh, my grandfather used to go around preaching on weekends. He was a washer repairman during the week. And on weekends, he would do revival services. And he, on his deathbed, uh, spent time with me and telling me these, these things that he witnessed. And my dad was there for one of them where uh, my grandfather prayed for a woman and her leg grew on stage. Uh, people restoring sight, restoring hearing. And it's my grandfather. And so I believe him, right? Uh, but then there's other people that you see and they say these things and you're like, okay, you know, cool story, bro. But there's no way to really verify it. And so you just take it for what it is. So the fact that you're able to go and follow up with these people and verify the, the miracle, I think that's can be huge. And it, I, I really think it's timely, to be honest with you. I think what you guys are going to do with this film, it's going to open people's eyes big time. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Well, it's touching to hear that your grandpa told you those stories because I took my family on tour. I mean, I have two daughters. I took my both of my daughters and my wife on this tour. And I, I think for me, here's the thing, and I'm just going to be straight up. If you go to church every Sunday and you go to a 70-minute 70, 70 service, you're singing some songs, you're listening to a, a sermon, and you go home, I think in that context, you could become an atheist because you're like, this is motivational, it's inspirational, but it's not supernatural. Mm. my kids went with me. I, I didn't know the people I was praying for. I was going all over the US and they just saw it repeatable over and over and over again. Now, I, I want to complicate it. In the movie, I talk about this as well. I don't, it's not a magic wand. It's not my will, it's God's will. I, so I can't just pray. I, I'm not going to say 100% of the people that we pray for get healed, but I do know 100% of the people I don't pray for don't get a miracle. And so it's like, I'd rather pray and see what God does. And, and so, of course, there are people we pray for, nothing happened. But man, night after night, all across America, deaf ears were open over and over and over again. I mean, here's a dramatic story. I was at this um, tent revival in Washington State. And, you know, I prayed for people's deaf ears to be open. This, they brought me this young woman. She's in her 20s and she's crying uncontrollably. And I'm like, well, what's going on? What's going on? She said, when I was eight years old, I had a surgery that removed the bones from my inner ear. And as a result, I have not been able to hear. I'm now in my 20s. And when you prayed, I was instantly able to hear full volume for the first time since I was a little kid. But here's what's crazy. That is like beyond a healing. That's a miracle because there, there are biologically no bones there. 
And, but see, okay, so you would say, okay, that's weird. That's placebo. That's the power of positive thinking. That's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, but what do you do with the fact that that same thing happened to another woman on Long Island in New York who also did not have that? And we, and we're, so we're going to show that kind of stuff. And so it's like, it, there, there are not these isolated one off events. It's replicatable, it's repeatable, it's happening. And so you put enough of that together and you're like, man, there is something to this. And obviously as a Christian, I believe it's, it's Jesus Christ still healing people. If, if you were hurt by the church, listen, I'm not a fan of the stuff that happens in churches and I'm a pastor. And so I became a pastor because I know that church is messed up. <laughs> I know that's a crazy thing to say. Like, that's true. you know, and it's just like you've, you've eaten a bad meal and you've maybe gotten food poisoning, but you don't make a vow, I'm never going to eat again. And so it's like the equivalence for me is like, well, I'm going to open my own restaurant so that I can help ensure people don't get food poisoning. And so I think at the same time, it's like, yeah, some religious fanatics have screwed it up, but that doesn't mean that there isn't this miraculous power that's still in operation. And that's that's part of what this movie is about. Um, and so I just want to encourage people, check out the Domino Revival. It's going to be a crazy experience. Oh, it's going to be absolutely wild. And, uh, you know, for some people, it might be an introduction to all this stuff, you know, like for me, it's going to be faith building, right? Uh, I'm going to go in there and I know I'm going to walk out being like, let's go. It is time. You know, (laughs) Uh, like I'm going to start walking down the streets in Knoxville or whenever I get out of there, I'm just going to start like touching people on the foreheads Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. I don't need healing. You're going to get healed today. Don't worry. (laughs) But then there's going to be other people that are just going to be introduced to just these ideas and topics and it's going to start them on this journey of, um, uh, of understanding and, you know, maybe five years down the road, uh, their lives are completely different and changed because they went to a movie to to see yeah. supernatural healing. So uh, I think that's really cool. And uh, I'm really excited about seeing what happens. Uh, just last week, I saw a video. Somebody sent it to me and I posted it on my Facebook. And it, it was one of the most uh, visually astonishing things I've ever saw in my life. And it was an older video from probably the 90s, but there was a little girl on stage and her leg visually was about four inches shorter than the other. And she was wearing shorts. So you could actually see her legs and the knees and how they were not the Mm -hmm. same length. And within a minute of praying, you see her leg very quickly grow and to be that length. Now, uh, in your time of, of, you know, uh, praying for people and seeing healing, uh, you mentioned about the hearing being restored. Have you ever seen anybody's like limbs grow right in front of you? Cause that's like soup, like that's supernatural, but it's visual, you know, like people actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. And okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, the quick answer is yes. So here's the thing though. And I just want to make sure I'm clear. I I am not a guru. You know, I'm not special. Actually, when you look at like real Christianity, it was never supposed to be what we pretty much made of it. And, and so it, it's over time, it's like it has evolved to be this like basically man-made thing. Yeah. But when you go back to the Bible and you read like first century Christianity, everybody did this. Like, like when, you, when people prayed for each other, miracles happened all the time. And that was kind of like the norm. And so I say that because the story of the leg growing out that one of many, but what I'm thinking about was actually, I have a 16-year-old daughter and she prayed for someone and their leg grew out, and they have it on video. And man, for my 16-year-old daughter, that was such a major confirmation that God is real, 
and that these things are real. And so again, she's not seminary trained. She's not a minister. She's not a pastor. She's just my 16 year old daughter. And this person's, you know, uh, leg was short enough to create, like to put her body out of alignment. And they really needed a miracle. They had like the kind of like the orthopedic shoes that try to close the gap, but you know, it's hard. And so that not only um, did my daughter see that, but it deeply affected her. So yeah, those things are happening all the time. And you know, here's the way to understand it because people here are interested in the supernatural, interested in the paranormal, interested in that, those types of things. I always put it like this, where there is a demand, there is a supply. So like the reason why you can find drugs in your neighborhood is because there's a demand for drugs. If no one wanted drugs, there would be no drugs in your neighborhood. It's the demand is the problem, not the drugs. Like because where there is a demand, there is there is a supply. So in the same way when you read about Jesus, actually Jesus Christ himself like in the flesh, there was one particular region where he performed no miracles, not because he couldn't, but because no one put a demand on him. And because they didn't put a demand on him, they didn't receive it. There was like, and so I think that the way the supernatural realm works is where where there's a demand, there's a supply. So for years and years and years, I would travel all over the world and I would see these, these things happen overseas and I have them on footage. Then I'd come to the United States and I'd be like, why does this not happen in the US? And it's and then finally I was reading scripture and I'm like, oh, we're so natural minded that we think we've got to go to the doctor. We've got to, or we go to M, WebMD and self-diagnose yeah. and let the anxiety train spiral out of control. But it's like in America, God is like our fourth, it's like fourth or fifth or sixth resort, not our first. And, and now, now here's another one. And people might not even believe what, what I'm about to say, Tony, but I was in Ukraine about eight years ago and we were in Western Ukraine and there was like this hospice care facility and what we didn't know until we got there was that people are hooked up to IVs, but they only have like saline solution because there were, there, they, they did not have access to medicine. It was super impoverished. And so basically this was code for you just go here to die. Like you have terminal cancer, whatever, you just go there to die. And so these people are now in this facility. They don't have access to modern medicine. These, these doctors and nurses, it's all kind of a sham because there's no money to even provide for these procedures. So people are just basically laying in these beds waiting to die. So we come in and we said, can we pray? Like we're, we we just believe God can heal people. Can we just pray, go through the whole thing, top to bottom, every floor, which in America, you can't do that. So a lot of times people will be like, why don't you go in America and just go to hospitals and just pray for people? It's like, cause we can't. Like if, if you could, I would literally. Like if you would let me in a hospital and pray, like I have clergy access here in New York City, but I have to prove like that, that that's like a whole process legally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I would go to hospitals in America and start and pray for everybody if they would let me. Um, anyways, in Ukraine, I had I was given permission. They said, yes, you can go through this whole thing and pray for people. They're here to die, whatever. And man, Tony, I saw miracles like crazy. We captured them on footage, but here's the most dramatic one. And I think people listen to your podcast because they love this kind of stuff. So we go from room to room to room, guy with throat cancer, cancer un, unable to speak. We pray for him. Suddenly he regains his voice and is able to speak again. Obviously we were not able to stick around to get the verification of that. And they don't even have the means. All I know is the guy couldn't talk and then he could talk and we got done praying for him. Then we go down the line, blah, blah, blah. We get to the last, like sort of the last floor 
And they tell us like, before we go into this one room, don't go in this room. And we're like, why? And we're like, the guy's dead. And they're telling us through translators, like why, you know, like he's dead. Don't go in that room. And so one of, one of my team members is like, no, we want to go pray for him. They're like, you want to pray for a dead guy? And like, yeah, we want to pray that he's resurrected. And I'll be honest with you, man. Like, there's different levels of faith. You know, it's like, that's why yeah. Jesus said, if you have faith just as a mustard seed, sometimes I'm like, I don't even have that much, you know? And this was about eight years ago. And I didn't have that faith. I'll be honest. Like I was praying for people for other stuff that were already alive, but I was like, man, really? Like, can we raise dead people? And so my friend was like, let's do it. So I was like, how about you do it? Like, I don't even want to touch the person when we walk in. Like, how about you do it? And he's like, all right, I'll do it. So we walk in the room. Um, It makes me emotional. And uh, super eerie, weird feeling. This guy, he just looked um, like like, like a skeleton almost, you know, skin and bones. And he had been dead for about a day. They hadn't got him out yet. It was like that earlier that morning. Now it was the like towards the evening ish. And all of a sudden, my friend just walks over and just starts praying for him. Come alive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I command you to come back to life. Come back to life in Jesus' name. And he's praying. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I see this guy's chest move. And everybody here who's been to a funeral, it's so not normal seeing a dead person that you, it's like everybody universally thinks they breathed. You know that You know that phenomenon? Yeah. Like, so I kind of jumped back a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, you know, this is just like, I, I, my, I expected to see him move. Then all of a sudden it's like, I see it again. And all of a sudden I scream, the guy praying for the other guy screams, the nurses run in and this guy starts breathing again. Now he didn't jump out of the bed. You know, it wasn't like, I'm not going to, you know, this isn't Hollywood, but he starts breathing again. And the nurse starts screaming. <laughs> and I mean, it was like an amazing story where she grabs her other people, the other nurses on staff, come, 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 he's breathing. Some of the women didn't even want to go in. And they're like, no, no, no. Like they were terrified by this. Now listen, in Western, modern, you know, granola American culture, you don't, people don't believe that. I, I didn't even believe for it when it happened right in front of me. So I understand if somebody listening right now thinks I'm a raving lunatic, but all I will tell you is that guy literally came back to life and the nurse has verified it and it happened right in front of me. We have pictures of it. We have, excuse me, video of the first part of it. That video actually went viral and this was about eight years ago now. And we posted that video up, which was like, I think one of the first viral videos that we did. So all I'm saying is I believe it's possible. Yeah, well, I mean... Clearly, you believe it's possible. I mean, you've seen enough now that you know it, it's obvious. Uh, did that? Do you know if that guy uh, ever wound up talking about any of his ex- like, like of, of that experience? I mean, because I mean, if you're dead for a day, that means you you might have some memory of what you saw on the other side, and that's a, that's a, that's an interesting thing that people are always interested in. Uh, you hear about the near death experiences where people have died and they come back a half hour later and they're like. This is what I experienced on the other side. Uh, did you ever? Did they ever follow up on that at all? Yeah, I love near death experiences, after death experiences. I actually just preached on that topic last Sunday to my own congregation. This guy, he was not like fully rehabilitated at that time, 
And so we never were able to like get that level of a, of a feedback. The other thing too is like, there's a language barrier and there was just kind of like some red tape we had to work through to get in there. And so then there was like this whole, how do we, you know, we, we were on a trip. It was like a 14 day deal. And so that was like, that happened. Then shortly after we flew back and just lost touch indefinitely, you know? Yeah. Um, so I can't say that I did with that guy in particular, but, um, it was just a wild story, you know, just an insane story. I know that I will say this though, it marked the nurses that were there and we did do subsequent trips and it was way easier to get back in <laughs> the next time because the nurses were like, oh yeah, let those people. And actually, and this is where the compassion of Christ comes in. It was like that story spread. And then in the years after when we came back, it was like, it went from, yeah, you can pray for me to like, please, like people begging us, please pray for me. And again, but see, here's the thing that increases the demand. So where there's a demand, there's a supply. It was like an activation of their faith to now believe for more. And we saw more healings take place. We, we actually, I wasn't on the trip. We just sent another group to Western Ukraine last month. Wow. Yeah. And the, the, this is really interesting. I'm really glad you're talking about this because, uh, it, you know, I, this is something, this is a topic that I just really enjoy, um, talking about, contemplating, praying about, reading about in the Bible. Uh, it, it's just, it gets my motor running. And what you're talking about with the demand, like there, there's, but the demand is through faith. And, yeah. you know, I recently I've been kind of reading about things and it, like, it feels like, I feel like God's been kind of pointing things out to me in the scripture and, and just little things, you know, but, um, I think it was, uh, in, in Mark six, I think, uh, I just remember reading that Jesus said to the, the man, because of your faith, I'm yes. going to heal you. And it, it, it's like, it's one of those things where it kind of jumped out at my, at me because up to that point, I had been reading a lot of, uh, of, of, uh, the person praying for healing and it's in, and their faith. And it, it kind of, all of a sudden in my head, I was like, this is like a one plus one equals two kind of thing. Yes. There, there's, it, it's not just the person praying in their faith. It's also the person that's receiving the prayer in their faith. And yes. And I, I've been kind of really seeing the power in just the name of Jesus. And like, we know about the power of Jesus, you know, the woman touches his robe and she's healed. And then like a chapter later, they're talking about if you just touch Jesus's robe, you're healed. And they're probably because of what happened to her. But like my pastor mm. was, was preaching recently about uh, the 10 commandments and taking the Lord's name in vain. And what does vain mean? Devaluing the name of God. And when you start thinking about how much power is in that name, wow. uh, like it, it, all of a sudden things start falling in line for me. So when you're talking about the demand, like that, that faith aspect, it's just really been kind of, uh, it's really resonating with me now. Um, talking about the faith aspect of miraculous healings, uh, there's a, there, I'm sure there's a, um, a, a starting point there for everybody. Uh, and you even mentioned about how you're in the hospital and they're like, let's pray for this person to raise from dead. And you're like, I don't know if I'm there yet. You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm sure at some point you had to cross that, that line of, in, in, in your faith walk where you're like, okay, we're going to start praying for healing. And it was it just a matter of obedience. Like I've been instructed through God's word to pray for healing and we're just going to do this. Or was it like a moment where you're just like, I finally have the faith to do this. Let's go and do it. You know, <laughs> like how is That's that for funny. you? funny. 
This holiday season, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon for finding the perfect gifts. Uncommon Goods takes the stress out of holiday shopping by scouring the globe for the most extraordinary and genuinely unique gifts to impress everyone on your list. Whether you're searching for a delightful secret Santa surprise or planning a memorable gift for your entire family, trust Uncommon Goods to have exactly what you need. One of my personal highlights of Uncommon Goods is their experiences section, which allows you to give gifts that go beyond the material. These are uncommon experiences that allow your loved ones to learn a new skill or pursue a hobby they've always talked about but didn't know how to start. They offer a wide range of options from mixology classes to DIY workshops like essential cooking skills and romantic date night painting sessions with your significant other. What's even more remarkable is that with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. To date, they've donated more than $2.5 million, making your gift-giving experience even more meaningful. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Tony. That's uncommongoods.com slash Tony for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Uh, so the movie, the Domino Revival that, you know, that I have coming out on October 24th, it actually tells the story. So my origin story as a minister is very bizarre. I fell in love with scripture as a kid. I read the Bible, Genesis through Revelation multiple times all the way through. And then when I was 15 years old, had this like personal Pentecost, I call it, where essentially I read the book of Acts again for like the third time. I saw what happened with Peter. And then I was like, God, I just put, I basically put my Bible down. I sat on the edge of my bed and I said, God, if you could do with me what you did with Peter, you know, I'll, I'll take it. You know, do you have your will with my life in that way? And I just had this crazy supernatural encounter. I actually started speaking in tongues like loudly and, um, in my bedroom. I didn't, I wasn't in some crazy Pentecostal charismatic church. I was just in my bedroom. But what I was asking God was transform me through your Holy Spirit. And it happened, but I didn't tell anybody about it because I had this whole identity as like introverted, shy Mike. So, you know, my, we went to church every Sunday though. And long story short, I came out of church one Sunday and I was walking across the street. This woman was walking the other way towards me. She saw me and she pointed her finger at me. It looked like she saw a ghost. I mean, it was like that level of horror. And she was like, I've never seen you in person, but I saw you in my dream. I had a dream about you. And I always, now this is the South side of Chicago. So immediately I'm like, oh, she's schizophrenic. <laughs> like this, you know, that like immediately like, oh, yeah. she's a psychopath. And she was like, I had a dream. You preached at my church and revival broke out. Revival broke out. So I'm like, what? And my exact words back to her were, woman, you're crazy. Leave me alone. <laughs> and she was like, no, no, I had this dream. I had this dream. So I was like, no, get away with, from me. Like, you're crazy. Leave me alone. And it was, but there, in the back of my mind, I was like, I just had this experience in my bedroom with the Holy Spirit. Something's calling me. Like, this is deeper. So then this woman, she eventually walked away. My mom kind of heard this uh, interaction. And um, within the weeks after that, this woman would come and kind of like time it up to where at that same time, she would come looking for me, knowing that church was over. And she, she would basically torment me. She'd be like, you have, to pre you have to preach at my church. I had this dream. And so finally my pastor 
this this story was kind of traveling around the the congregation and my pastor called me into his office and brought that woman and my mom and he was just like you know you can't do it you know you're the, and was trying to explain to this woman like i think he thought he was helping me you know like you don't know mike signorelli he's 15 years old he's never preached before he he does he even said the phrase he doesn't even own a suit cuz like back in the day you had to wear a suit whenever you preached so it was like you you just don't know and um and then he looked at me and he said mike just tell this woman you won't do it tell her you can't do it and when he said that the words like that you can't do it it was like this Marty McFly back to the future moment, like where you just get like super ticked off and you're like, no. And I, I just, now I know it was actually like the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And I just said, no, I will do it. I can do it. And after I said, it, I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> and so I, uh, I agreed to it. He was silent. My mom was silent. The woman was silent. Like what? So she went back, solicited her pastor I'll tell you, because this has to do with the supernatural healing. So went back to her pastor and was like, can we do a special event and like an evening service type thing? He agreed to it. So then I end up showing up, 15 years old, and the first 30 seconds of this sermon, I'm stuttering, I'm stammering, I have no idea what I'm doing. And the only way I explain it, it's like a light of a, a, a bolt of lightning hits me and I just start preaching. And now I know that all the scripture I had been reading got activated by the Holy Spirit. And it was like, it, you know, it was just activated for the work of ministry. And I just, I felt like I was listening to myself preach this sermon. If that's, and then sure enough to that woman's dream, young people started jumping up. I mean, it was crazy. And it, the movie kind of shows this as well. But then at the very end of the sermon and everybody's, I'm praying for people, people are getting prayed for. All of a sudden this, um, this woman brings her daughter and says, okay, I want you to, this is the last part of my dream. I want you to pray for my daughter. And her daughter was born with a decrepit hand. And I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know the right words to say. I mean, again, I wasn't trained, but I just laid my hand on her daughter, on her daughter's head. And I just said, in Jesus name, be healed. And all of a sudden that woman's daughter's hand just stretched out and the whole place went pandemonium, like not celebration. Cause you would think if you saw a miracle like that, where a decrepit hand gets stretched forth and gets healed, that everybody be like, this is awesome. It was the opposite of that. It actually was like, um, like fear. That's a bit like it scared people. It wasn't like, yeah, look at it. Like God is real. It wasn't like a cheerleading, you know, hoorah. It was more of like people actually screaming out of fear. Like, like it, it was everybody, it was like, what just happened? Then it surged a whole nother moment of just like people, like I want to be saved. Like I, like it glorified Jesus. It, it wasn't like, look, he's a faith healer. It was like, whoa, if, if that happened and God is real, like, how do I get saved? How do I accept Jesus right now? Cause that just scared me. I, it's hard for me to not cry even telling the story every time I tell it because it marked me. So that's part of like kind of like how the movie starts, me telling that story and my mom telling it. Um, so for me, that started. But again, you graduate levels because it was like, okay, I prayed for this girl, her hands stretched forth. But then you keep going and like now all of a sudden, that story of the man being resurrected and my friend praying, I think I was like, 
30 years old when that happened. So imagine from 15 years old to 30. So it's kind of like, and I think for people listening, I'm challenging you because the Bible talks about going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So it's like, I saw God do something, but I had to keep believing for more. And then my a part of my testimony was eventually even going to college in my early 20s and and having a whole season in atheism. So I've been all over the place, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that's possible to go all over the place because it's like you, we wrestle with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it really interesting how 15 years old, that happens to you. You pray for somebody, their hand is healed. And after that, you go through a season of atheism. I, I, I think that's, that's actually incredible. Uh, and it, it goes to what I often try to store up in my memory because I kind of went through a similar thing. I told you before we started recording, I, I went to Bible college. I mean, in my early teens, I'm, yeah. I'm almost 40 now. And in my uh, mid-20s, I went crazy. And I, I, I just, I almost sank my marriage, you know, it, it, and I'm very open and public about it because I believe that my personal testimony and how God preserved my marriage is, a, is something that can help other people and it has. Yeah. But like, I went nuts and then I had a radical experience in a funeral that changed my life forever. And mm. when I, when I go, and even now, you go through those valleys though, spiritually, you get depressed spiritually. You feel, you feel like you're distant from God at times. And for me, what I do is I look back at the times that I know God was faithful. I know God was absolutely, apparently ever present real right in that moment. And those are the building blocks that I fall back on to say, "Uh, -uh we're not going down this road because I know that was real. And though I don't feel yeah. it right now, I know it's coming again. And when it comes again, it's gonna be even stronger than back then. And so uh, I just, uh, I find that really uh, encouraging, to be honest with you, to hear how you, it all started for you. You go through that period of your time, of time in your twenties, and now here you are. Um, really, I mean, you're 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 leading the the fastest growing church in the country. I think that's I think that's an incredible testimony. Um, yeah. So in in the process of these miraculous things that we're talking about, there is the other side of it, right? And yeah. so we're talking about people being healed. But then there's also the demonic side of things. And, you know, I know if you're a pastor and you're praying for people for healing, you're also praying for people for, uh, for de demonic relief in their life. Uh, so what is the other side of that for people to maybe be aware of when it comes to these things? I mean, um, I, I mean, obviously I talk about on the show, people have demonic encounters that they share on the show. Uh, but, you know, is it something that is very prevalent in today, do you think, when it comes to people being demonically possessed? Uh, I, I personally think that it's, for me personally, I'm looking at the world right now and like, yep, there's a lot more demons than I ever thought. So like, I mean, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on it. You know, do you think that there's a, a lot more uh, people walking around demonically possessed than what we originally might've thought at one time? Yeah, listen, you can go to my YouTube channel, watch hours and hours of footage of me casting demons out of people. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's just like looking out in your backyard and saying, I don't have that many bugs. It's like, yeah, you're not looking for them. I mean, like if you get down on your knees and crawl around, you're, you're going to start and digging around, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff. So it's like, people were like, oh, there's not that many demons. It's like, well, think about this. Every military on the planet wears fatigues, camouflage. Why? Because hiddenness gives you strategic military advantage. So if you're the devil, 
why would you reveal yourself? Because that's the, that's the fastest route to being destroyed in a, in a military sense. So hiddenness is the strategic advantage Satan has. As a matter of fact, even in the Bible, it says he shows up as an angel of light. And so you wouldn't even think you've experienced the devil. You would think you actually were experiencing an angel of light. And so it's not even just hiddenness, but it's also a counterfeit. So you're, you're either not going to experience the devil at all, that's hiddenness, or you're going to experience the devil in a form that is the opposite of the devil. So like that, so that's two out of the three ways you experience them. The third way is unveiled and unmasked. And that's when it gets crazy. And so I'll tell you a fun story. <laughs> Back in the day, I used to do house calls uh, because I would cast demons out of people all the time. And I kind of had that reputation. And uh, this is like pre-social media days for me. And pe- by the way, every time I say tell this story, people are like, why don't you do house calls anymore? Man, I'm busy. You do it yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Like I equip and train people to do the work of ministry themselves. So like, I think there's, a, I have a problem with like people making me a ghost hunter or making me a guru or making me like, you know, that's not even the point of scripture. Like Jesus literally trained over 70 people and said, go cast out demons. They came back saying, this is crazy. It's so easy. They listen to us. And then he was like, okay, settle down. Just be thankful your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. So it's like this whole idea that you need me to come to your house is the wrong idea. So I'm going to tell the story, but if you need help getting rid of things in your house, just go to my YouTube channel. I have a 2 million view video that'll teach you how to deal with it. And it works like tens of thousands of comments of people being like, my home is finally rid of all this, this evil. Like, thank you so much. Okay. So now having said that, I used to do house calls (laughs) and um, I would take, I would take my, um, GoPros with me for accountability. So I'd set up some GoPro cameras and you know just leave them running continual so that I could capture whatever happened and, and be accountable just in case something weird happened. And this woman, she kept saying like she was having poltergeist experience like experiences. So in other words, like you know the doors opening and closing, uh, the cabinets, you know, of her opening and closing of her kitchen just, you know, cold bursts of air, uh, disembodied voices, like classic uh, haunting, you know? Now, as a Christian, within orthodoxy, I don't believe in ghosts. So I'm just, I just say that, like, I I believe in um, that demons impersonate ghosts. And that's a whole nother thing we probably don't have time to get into, but that's my personal belief. Again, I explain this stuff on my channel, but so I do believe that people are having experiences with entities they think are ghosts. But remember, there's three categories that I'm living within. And one of them is counterfeit. Like, And so I, so I go through this whole woman's house. She's showing me all this stuff. I'm filming it. And then we finally get to the end. And I was like, okay, I've got good news and bad news. She's like, well, what's the good news? I'm like, the good news is you are dealing with an entity. You know, she's like, what's the bad news? I'm like, it's not because she thought it was a little girl, a ghost of a little girl. And I said, uh, I said, the bad, I got chills even getting ready to tell you what happened. I love this stuff. So I said, okay, the bad news is it's not the ghost of a little girl. It's a demon. Right as I say that she had this, like, um, this angel cement statue thing that was hanging on her wall. It literally just leaps off the wall and falls to the ground and breaks. 
super dramatic, like Hollywood stuff, right? And she's like, ah, she's screaming. I was like, she's like, oh, like I, I knew there was something else going on. I was like, okay, I, the, it's even worse. <laughs> I said, it's even worse than this, okay? She's like, what is it? I was like, the demon's not around you. It's in you. Right when I say that. Wow. And again, I can't even put this footage on online because I never did release it. You know, I don't have her. Like every time, the stuff that I have on my um, channel, I have release forms posted everywhere. You know, like you are being filmed, this event, da, 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 that we will put this online. And, and still sometimes people ask me to remove stuff and I do, you know, I'm very, I oblige, like I'm not trying to ruin someone's life by putting their, one of their craziest moments of their life out there for public consumption. But I don't, so right when I say that to this woman, I said, here's, it gets even worse. The demon is not around you. It's in you. Right when I say that she starts contorting, you know, manifesting, that's what we call it. And I, I'll be honest with you, listen, <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is because I promise you, I want to be normal so bad. <laughs> like, I want to be normal so bad. And uh, and it freaks me out. This stuff freaks me out. Like, I'm just telling you straight up, like, I'm weirded out when this stuff happens. So I kind of flinch back like, whoa. <laughs> and uh, I just started casting a demon out of her. Here's the thing. I told her, you have a lot of cursed items in your house. You need to remove all these cursed items, blah, blah, blah. You know, but you need to be free from demons. So she got free. I cast the demons out of her. And there's this phenomenon, especially when I'm in people's homes, when I cast demons out of them, that their home feels lighter. Like it, it almost feels like people start turning the lights on physically. It's a weird phenomenon. It, it's the atmosphere completely changes. She got deliverance, which is a word that we use to denote like demons cast out of her. And uh, we threw away all of those items that were, I believe, like kind of like the best way I can explain it is is I don't want to use the word empowering, but they're they're usually just the, the result of whatever trauma or pain. Like a lot of times, these objects are like some people are experiencing pain or trauma, and then they get these these things, these like talismans or charms or statues. Like, oh, they're going to help me because the demonic is just false help. That's the best way I can explain. Like witchcraft is just a bad way of helping yourself. It's people going, like, I need to go to a psychic medium. I need to burn this sage. I'm, they're trying to help themselves. And all these items are usually connected to the evidence of them seeking out help just through another means than Jesus Christ. You know? And so basically when I'm telling people to throw stuff away, it's like throw all this crap away that um, was a replacement for Jesus. Like, cause it's, and so that was part of it. And uh, so do people have demons? Yeah. I think a lot more people have demons inside of them, but to make this kind of go full circle, it's usually me confronting it. And then, and then once I unmask it, it's like, uh, you know, what's that show uh, with Scooby-Doo, you know, Scooby-Doo, yeah. like it's like the, the end of the show is always like you pull the mask off. And I think for me, it's like, People come to me and when I take the mask off, like, hey, that's not your dead relative. That's a demon. As soon as I take the mask off, the demon starts manifesting like crazy. Oh, hey, you know, that, that you, you receive this through psychic medium, but like actually that was demonic activity and it was one demon telling another demon to tell you that psychic. The, the, de the people start manifesting like crazy. It's like the end is always the same ending is me pulling off the mask and then demons manifesting like crazy. So just like I would encourage people like, oh, you don't have that many bugs? Just get down on your knees and crawl around in your backyard. Like 
the more you unmask and you start going through the the blades of grass and digging around, it's there, man. Turn over that rock, you'll see it. Yeah, no, I I I hear you. Uh, and you know, it, it's it's one of those things where um, the more the more you look for it, the more you're going to see it because you, it's the intent there is there. I think a lot of times people live their lives on, with blinders on, and you just kind of get yeah. focused in on you know your daily life, and you're not thinking about all this other stuff. Uh, and I, I I wanted to ask you this because, and this is something I actually wanted to ask you in the beginning, make sure we had time. I just want I, I'm trying to be cognizant of time because I know you have a, another recording at the top of the hour here. But um, so recently, uh, you probably saw on the news, there was uh, a big kind of riot in Philadelphia. I think it was last week. It was like over 100 people went through the shopping district, breaking windows, robbing everything. And the police arrested 52 kids. I call them kids. They're young adults, you know? Yeah. Uh, There was one video on there that I saw. And this woman was filming the kids getting arrested. And she starts laughing. And the more she laughed hysterically throughout this entire video, the more almost sinister sounding the the laugh got. Yeah. And I started thinking, I, I this this woman sounds possessed. And I I started thinking about the city of Philadelphia coming from that area, um, and how you know I I think that there's there's a big listen. Um, Philadelphia's got a demon problem, son. You know, ninety nine of yeah. them. You know, so <laughs> like it's it's uh it's one it's one of those things where I I think about that and I really do believe that, but. When it comes to, because you you read in the Bible about Legion, right? And th- this guy yeah. had so many demons in him. He was breaking chains and all this stuff. And when he cast out, I mean, these demons went in over a thousand pigs. I mean, there was a lot of demons in this guy. Uh, is this when when a city is is has something like that going on inside of it? Do you think that it could be just a, a specific type of demon that has its hold on an entire city, or do you think it's like a, a demonic playground where these things are just? manifesting and just having their way within the people in those in those city limits because it seems like some of these cities really do in all seriousness have a demon problem yeah well they do and matter of fact each each city has a different temperament and it has a different like thing that it's known for negatively which i believe points to the principalities and powers the bible talks about there being divisions like it says we wrestle not against of flesh and blood. So we know, okay, so we're not rest. What does this mean? We're not fighting humans, but principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. So there's this division, there's these ranks, principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. So there definitely is a, a designation of authority within the demonic realm, and there are ranks. And we know this because Satan is an emulator, he's a copycat. And so even amongst angels, there's rankings. So you have like the archangels, right? So Michael, the archangel, Gabriel, the archangel, Gabriel being a messenger angel, Michael being what seems to be like a warfare-based angel. And so there's different divisions and ranks of angels. And so Satan is emulating as well. And in Mark chapter five, which you mentioned, the term legion also appears, you know, in scripture. And when you, when you talk about legion, it's not a single entity, but it's like a multitude, a large number that's operating in unison because there's a military connotation. So legions uh, built, this, it was a large unit of Roman soldiers. So imagine when Jesus was walking around, he was uh, ministering to Jewish people inside of, of, of Rome. And so obviously Rome doesn't exist anymore in, in the sense that it did, it just reformulated. That's a whole nother podcast. But, um, you know, so he's speaking to this audience. So speaking to legion, 
commanding legion out, he would have been saying like this large unit of you know of Roman soldiers it would typically consist of several thousand men would be a Roman legion. So, but they would be unified under a hierarchy of generals, you know? And so I think when you look at cities, there is a designation of legions. There is a designation of a hierarchy. And you see that. Uh, let me give you another quick example to break this down. So there's this term in scripture called pharmakia, and it appears in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. And it's talking about uh, let me just read it to you. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, and then sorcery. But but the, worm, the word sorcery it, it, the, in the original Greek is pharmakia. And what does that sound like? Pharmacy. And what is distributed in pharmacies? Prescription drugs. What is abused in most cities? Drugs. Prescription drugs. Non-prescription drugs. So in scripture, and this might be blowing the minds of some people who don't know, like the works of the flesh are evident. And then sexual immorality, what do you see in cities? Prostitution, impurity, sensuality. What do you see? Strip clubs. Those are in urban settings all the time. Idolatry. And then you see sorcery, which is pharmakia. And whenever you have the works of the flesh, they become gateways and portals to the demonic. So I think like with, so there might be some people watching right now that you thought you were doing recreational drug use, but here's the thing, old demons, new days. And so demons, like, uh, let me let me back up, like shaman, whenever you see like rituals in pagan cultures, what's what almost always coexists with it? Drug usage. And that's part of the ceremonies. And so what do we do? We listen to, we listen to music, we smoke, we drink. You know, these things are ancient demons manifesting their behaviors in modern days. You think you're going out for a night. Oh, I'm going to go to the strip club. And then I'm going to, you know, after the strip club, I'm going to be drinking, smoking. I'm going to listen to this kind of music, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, thousands of years ago, there was, there was sexual, like within pagan cultures, there was rampant, uh, pr promiscuous sex, naked, nakedness. There were, there was music with the same beat, this, you know, this low end 808 sub level bass hit. It's the same thing. And so you were participating in this ancient demonic, uh, culture and you thought, no, 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 I'm, you know, it's Jim Tan laundry. You know, this is like, uh, you know, <laughs> this is Jersey shore. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. No, you're not. You're worshiping. You are worshiping. When you go back to the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it, and it, this, you know about the fiery furnace. You know about the, you know, let, like the, what is it? Um, the, the lion's den, Daniel's lion. What you didn't know is every single time Nebuchadnezzar's God was supposed to be bowed to and worship, they started playing a song. You don't, and so the song would be initiated. That song would go out through the entire land. Then everybody would have to bow. So music's always been connected to deity worship, demonic worship. So when you talk about cities, I think my next interview is starting now, but I'm so passionate about this. My whole channel is filled with hundreds of hours of this talk. And, and I think, yeah, whether it's Philadelphia, New York City, Chicago, yeah, these are old demons in new days. 
and we got to unmask them. And once you do, it goes from a maniacal laugh to a full-on deliverance service. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Listen, uh, I feel like you and I could talk about a lot of different things, the music industry, all that stuff. I would love to have you back on sometime. Yeah, uh, let's do it. I'd love to come back. Can't wait to hear what all the listeners think about this talk. I was trying to give you some good, intriguing things yeah. for everybody to chew on and go a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole with me. Yeah, no, it's fun. And I, I, we have, like I said, we have so many different types of people on the show. And uh, I know there's gonna be a lot of people who enjoyed this conversation. There's definitely gonna be some people who hate you for it, but it's okay. You know, <laughs> uh, they hated Jesus too. <laughs> that's right. He said it. So um, before we get out of here though, Domino Revival, people can check it out. Let them know real quick when it's coming, where to get the tickets. Go for yeah. It. So you go to fathomevents.com, type in Domino Revival. So fathomevents.com and you find out where it's at, buy the pre-sale tickets and go see the movie. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. If you think there's somebody out there that could benefit from the conversation, send it to them as well. And, you know, hey, listen, I ain't going to be mad if you send it to your mother-in-law or your father-in-law that you don't really like. You're like, hey, listen, I ain't saying you got demon problems, but just check out this podcast. You might have demon problems. And just, you know, drop the text and then walk away. All right, friends, listen, until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.
something that's driving me further I'm looking for eating, but it's on the foot You start in the darkness, it's just premature My tunnels go deeper than Abraham Fires crack up from source from the cherubim Lies on me like wings from a seraphim